Amen. Amen, saints. Okay. All right. All right. If you have your Bible, please open it to James chapter 5. We'll be looking at uh, verses 13 through 18. James chapter 5, verses 18 through 13 through 18. We started a uh, new series uh, last week called uh, This Is Us. And yes, I did steal it from the show, This Is Us. And I did so without shame, so don't judge me. So this series is, is all about how we, who we are and who we want to be as a local uh, body of Jesus Christ. And, and, and when you think, do you ever think about, you know, who we are as a church and who we want to be? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever had conversations about those questions with your family or within our village groups? Who we are as a church and who we want to be as a church. How often have you considered your role and responsibility within this particular body of Christ? You see, intentionality is needed when it comes to to, to being part of a local church and functioning within that local church. Intentionality is needed when determining who we are and who we want to be as a local body of Christ. Last week, uh, Amos preached on us being a witness in church, a church that, that actually practices evangelism. That's what a church is supposed to do, to take the good news of the gospel and share that good news of the gospel with those who don't know Jesus. That's the church's responsibility. We want evangelism to not just be a stated conviction of our church, but a functional conviction of our church. Something that we don't just talk about, something that we actually do. We actually practice. We want to be a witnessing church. And as we see this, we're going to see this morning, we also want to be a praying church. A praying church. So James chapter 5 beginning in verse 13. If anyone among you, is anyone among you suffering, let him pray. Is anyone cheerful, let him sing praises. Is anyone among you sick, let him call the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of Jesus. And the prayer of the faith, and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And the prayer of the righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on earth. Then he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. This is the word of our Lord. Please pray with me. Holy Spirit, as we uh, come to the preaching of the word, we, we need you. We need you to give us understanding. We need you to minister to our minds and to our hearts. Because apart from you, Lord, apart from you, Holy Spirit, we do not understand Scripture. We do not understand. We have a lot, we, we have a lot more misunderstanding than we realize. Because we're not as sensitive to you as we think. Some of us are too smart for our own good. So give us humility, Lord, as we come to this time. 
open up our hands and our hearts as we come to this time. Help us to know there's still more that we can glean from your word of God. We should never master this text. We can study it all day, every night, and there will still be more to learn, still be more to glean from the gospel. So, Holy Spirit, give us a greater understanding. Minister to us today. It is in Christ's name that I pray. Amen. Amen. James, he, he asked the church three questions in, in this passage. Three questions that, that tap into different life experiences that we all experience at some point or you will experience at some point in your life. He asks, is, is anyone among you suffering? Is anyone cheerful? Is anyone among you sick? If so, there is something that James wants us to do as a local body of Christ, something he wants us to practice, and that is to pray. To pray. And Christian prayer, is, is, is not, it's not grandstanding. It's not wishful thinking. It's not pie in the sky. It's not you seeking favor and applause from God with long, eloquent prayers. Christian prayer is directed to God in humility. Humility. Christian prayer is not a display of our reputation and and our glory, but it's actually a display of our humility before the Father and our dependency upon Him. It's not a campaign sign or a tool for self-promotion and self-preservation. Instead, prayer is a flag of surrender. That's what it is. Surrender. When we wave this flag of prayer, we're surrendering the well-being of our life and the care of our life to Jesus. That's what we're doing when we bend the knee in prayer. We're saying, Lord, I need you to fix it. R.T. Francis says, the essence of prayer is communion of the disciple with his father. The essence of prayer is the communion of a believer with their father. Are you communing with your father through prayer? Do you commune with him? Do you bend the knee to him? Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, do not be anxious about anything. You don't have to go to the Greek to know what that is saying. Anything means anything. Do not be anxious for anything, but in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What is your first response when suffering enters the door and sets up shop in your life. What's your first response? We all have a first response when life gets messy. Is it silence? Do you hide? Do you despair? Do we blame others? Do we blame God? Do we run away? Prayer. Prayer should be our initial response. When suffering comes. And if you can't pray, you need to call upon others to pray over you when life gets tough. Because trust me, it does. Suffering will come. Disappointment will come. And James says, if anyone among you suffer, let him pray. 
let him pray. One of my friends from my church in, in Greenville, South Carolina, he says, the believers should pray into the suffering of the world. Believers should pray into the sufferings of the world. I have a question. Did you pray about the government shutdown or did you complain about it? Oh, I know somebody toes hurt right now. Mine hurt too because I complained last night with my wife. Did we pray about it or did we complain? Where are we, saints? Where are we? A praying church prays into the suffering around us. A praying church will pray about our government shutting down, not complain about it. She prays into the very shades of suffering, like grief, financial loss, material problems, living paycheck to paycheck for health issues, struggles that, to, to make it make a dollar out of 15 cents. People live in this reality. People have car troubles. People are dealing with parenting issues, school hardships, struggling to get ahead. So what do we do? When we experience that, when we see other people experiencing that, James says, pray. Let the church pray. Is anyone in this room suffering today? If so, we've got to take that suffering to Jesus. Do we really believe, saints, that when we pray, Jesus hears our prayers? Do we really believe that? Do we really believe it? He hears it. Do we really believe it makes a difference? God is sovereign. God is a providential God, but that does not eliminate our responsibility to pray. He works, his sovereignty and providence works through the prayers of his people. So if I just believe he's, he's, he's sovereign and his providence works in my life, does that mean I don't have to be a good husband to my wife? Does that mean I don't have to be a good dad to my kids? No, I still have responsibility. I still have responsibility, and so do we when it comes to prayer. God calls us to pray, and he works through the prayers of his people because it shows our dependency upon him. Because if I'm not praying, then that means I'm trusting in someone other than God. There's something else I'm bound down to. There's something else I'm saying, that is my Jesus. Something else I'm going to to fix the things in my life if I'm not bound down to God in prayer. If I'm not crying out to Jesus. What is it for you? Who is really your savior? Who is, who is, what, what solid rock are we really standing on? And it's an important question for American Christians. Who is really our daddy? Who is really our father when it comes to how we function in this country? Is it Yahweh Elohim? Or is it this country? Where are we, saints? Where are we? We don't have to suffer in silence. We don't have to suffer alone. We don't have to enter this place each week and pretend like life and our family is just perfect. We don't have to. It burns you out pretending that life is always great when it's not. It burns you out. It burns you out. It's freeing to come and say, I'm struggling. But I need prayer. And I need prayer. Praying into the suffering of the world, these are prayers of supplications. 
These are, these are you making a petition to your father and saying, I need help. It's crying out to him for mercy, for strength to endure, justice to, to flow down like a river. These could be prayers of lament. Lament. Saying, Lord, life is not what it's meant to be. And will you, can you intervene? We are the only faith that don't pray to a statue and we still don't pray. We are the only faith that doesn't pray to an idol and we still struggle to pray. We have pagans that pray harder than we do and we know their prayers aren't even answered. They're praying to an idol. We know the one true living God. Yahweh Elohim calls us sons and daughters. And we all should fall down on our knees daily and pray to him and expect him to move on our behalf. Y'all making me preach today. I got to bring out my handkerchief. I'm starting to sweat. Man. James doesn't want us to live with a defeated despairing spirit and you can with life life can beat you down and if you believe God ain't on your side and if you believe God doesn't hear your prayers you will live a Christian life of constant despair you believe God is punishing you and beating you up when he's not he doesn't want us to live a a life by a self-fulfilling prophecy or my life is just a bad luck where you say things like It's going to always be this way. Nothing ever goes my way. Just my luck. God moves on everybody else's behalf, but on my behalf, he don't ever move. He says yes to everybody else's prayers, but he always says no to me. You don't have to live that way. Because sometimes I know it's a blessing. Sometimes I know it's a blessing. And a yes could be a curse, but we don't always see it that way. Take it to the Lord and expect him to move. He may remove the suffering or he may strengthen you to persevere through it. One or two things may happen. Psalm 18:6 says, in my distress, I called upon the Lord. To my God, I cried for help. To my God, he made that personal. To my God, I cried for help. And from his temple, he heard my voice and my cry to him reached his ears. That's prayer. That's prayer. That's Christian prayer. That though our God is transcendent, though he is up in his temple, he's not so high up, they does not hear the prayers of his people. They reach his ears, saints. He hears them. And somehow, some way, he moves. Somehow, some way, he answers with a yes or with a no, or maybe it's just you need to wait a little while longer. In one way, he's going to answer. He hears the prayers of his people. He does not abandon us to suffer in this life alone. He comforts us. It can be comfort through his word. It can be comfort through the spirit. And it can be the comforts he gives you through other believers. He will move. He will work all things to the good of his beloved church. But do we believe it? Do we really believe it? Praying church prays into the sufferings of the world. She offers prayers of supplication to the Lord. She laments to him. But there's much more. Let me ask you a few questions. Do you only pray to God when you need something? 
You only bend the knee when you're stuck in a rock in a hard place. You only pray to him in times of trouble. If you do so, then that's, that's a complete, incomplete understanding of prayer. There, there's another half, a missing piece. And, and, David, and Peter David says, turning to God in need is half the truth. Turning to him in praise, either in the church or alone, when one is cheerful, is the other half. Turning to God in need is the half truth of prayer. The other half is turning to him when life is well. When life is well. We don't just turn to our Father when life is bad. We also turn to him when life is good and when life is cheerful. Please understand, you, you give off a certain vibe when you only pray to God when your life is going, when your life is bad. You only you give off a certain vibe. And that vibe is, is that it's, when life is well, then that's all because of me. My money, my job. My success, my struggle, my works. When you, if you never pray to God when life is well, you are saying to God, I got this, Lord. It's, 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 you're just lucky to have me on your team. You should be grateful that I got the right theology. I'm part of the right denomination. I got the right job. Because I got these things, I'm successful. That's what that communicates. We pat ourselves on the back. We high-five ourselves. Job. Because we're the reason. We're the reason. And, and when we do that, we're all are guilty of, of identity theft. Because in our own conniving way, we steal the praise that's meant for Jesus. We want the credit. We want the recognition. And we want the glory. James says, if anyone among you is cheerful, let him sing praise. You're not singing praise to yourself. You're not singing praises to ourselves. We're not singing praises to our jobs, our bank accounts, and our material possessions, to our kids and to their achievements, to our country, to our reputation, to our good name, to our political parties, to our rights and our freedoms and our clubs and our tribes and our culture and our good works and our causes. We're singing praises to the one true God. Yahweh Elohim, we sing praises to our God and King because we realize that he is part of the reason why we can have these moments of success and these good times in our life. It's, it's not us. He is allowing those things to happen. He is working with and through us. And when we corporately confess what Psalm 115 says, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name we give glory for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. When life is well for you, that's what you need to confess. Because it ain't just you making it happen. It's because God has decided to bless. To bless. And so if you're in a good place right now, if your marriage is in a good place right now, your family is in a good place right now, praise God. Because that can change at any given moment. Praise Him. The Christian life is a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster. Ups and downs, around and around, highs and lows, mountaintops and valleys. And we all will go through that. We're all on that roller coaster, whether you believe it or not. You're on that roller coaster. You will suffer in this life, and you will have cheerful times in this life, too. You will experience the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. 
He will make a way out of no way. And when we experience these wonderful blessings from the Lord, we should give him the praise that is due his name. These praises are adoration and thanksgiving that we offer to Yahweh Elohim. And we don't offer that to ourselves. You see, adoration, that's praising God for who he is. When was the last time you praised God for just being God? For just being God. Chris Rock, he did did, did this one stand-up about Father's Day. He's talking about how dads don't always get the recognition they deserve. And and one of one of the jokes he says, when was the last time a kid came up and said, Dad, I'd like to thank you for these lights being on. I'd like to thank you for the food on the table. Thank you for the clothes, Dad. In the same way, we you treat God the same way. When was the last time you thanked them just for being alive? When was the last time you thanked them for your for your health? For the clothes on your back, for the house that you live in? When was the last time you thanked them for the small things in your life? Because we can't see the trees in front of us because we're looking too far down in the forest what we don't got. And we fail to see what we already have from the Lord. The ways he already blessed us. Because he has provided for you. But we ain't content. It's a problem. We lack contentment. We all are materialistic. We live in a materialistic culture and the church struggles with that. I struggle with that. You struggle with that. But do we see it? And do we repent of it when the Spirit reveals it? Adoration is praising God for who he is. Thanksgiving is praising God for what he has done. That's what, it, that's what singing praises to him means. This is us, saints. A praying church offers adoration to Jesus. A praying church offers prayers of thanksgiving to Jesus. And we should all stand up and do a praise dance right now. Because the Lord is good to us, despite us. Yes. Yes. He's good to us in spite of us, despite us. But do we believe that? We should be grateful, both individually and corporately. Hezekiah Walker's song, Grateful, says, I'm grateful for the things that you have done. Yes, I'm grateful for the victories we won. I can go on and on and on about your works because I'm grateful, grateful, so grateful just to praise you, Lord. Flowing from my heart are the issues of my heart. It's gratefulness. Are you grateful to Jesus for what he is doing in your life? Are you grateful? Is anyone grateful this morning? If anyone is cheerful this morning, then sing praises to Jesus. Sing it to Jesus. Now, prayer is not just individual. Prayer is also corporate. This means that praying church prays together as a corporate body. It involves everyone within the local church, the members, the the lay leaders, the staff, the deacons and the elders, the pastors. And we can pray together. During our Sunday village group times, our Sunday equipment classes, we can, the elders and deacons can pray together during our monthly gatherings as well. The staff prays together during our weekly meetings. Because we, prayer has to be a priority. It can't just be something that we say we do. It's something that we actually have to do. And it was hard to do it at times. There will be times 
I mean, when each of us need to invite fellow Christians to pray with and over us. James says in verse 14, is anyone among you sick? Then let him call the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of Jesus. Sickness can be emotional, physical, mental, or spiritual. It can be any type of an addiction that may hold a person trapped. And sickness can drain your body, drains your strength to the point where you feel like you can't even pray for yourself. And when that happens, call your elders. Call your elders. Call us. Call us. Call upon the elders of the church. And we can come and pray over you and over your family. Do not wait the marriage is going to divorce to call us. Don't wait until your kids are to the point where, where you can't do anything with them before you call us. We are here to shepherd you. Let us shepherd you. You don't have to struggle alone. Call us. If you believe the elders laying hand on you and your family is going to help you, then call us. It does make a difference. God works through that. But do you believe it? Do you believe it? One pastor says this anointing by the church leaders set apart the sick for special attention, even healing from God. Even healing for God. James says, and the prayer of faith of those praying will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. But what does it mean? It means corporate prayer is really intercessory prayer. Intercessory prayer. Interceding on behalf of those in need. You know, God works through that. And it means God, that makes the difference, that God is still in the business of healing. Okay? He works. Now, I don't know what that may look like for your life or what you're dealing with, but I do believe God works through the prayers of his people. That he can move. Whatever that looks like, he does move. James also says if this person has committed sin, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. If you need prayer, call upon us. Let me know. And I'll come to your house and lay my hands on you. I can bring some coconut oil with me if you want me to. I can rub your head down real good. <laughs> call me. I got a whole jar of it at the house. And I'll anoint your head, your whole family's head. I'll know all y'all. So if you need it, call me. Call do you really believe, again, does prayer make a difference? Do you believe intercessory prayer has power? Do you believe it can make a difference in behalf of those who are struggling? Do you believe it? Who are you interceding for within this church? Who in this church do you confess your sins to? This is us. A praying church prays corporately. A praying church in the seas. And a praying church confesses to one another. There's an old hymn that says, What a friend we have in Jesus. All of our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Notice that it says it's a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. It's a privilege. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Our prayers are never wasted. They aren't pointless. 
They are powerful. They are working. And again, do you believe it? Verse 17, the prayer of the righteous person has great power as it is working. As it is working. There are two things going on here with prayer. First, it has much power. Second, it is working. There are two elements brought together when it comes to prayer. There's a divine element and there is a human element. The sovereignty of God and the responsibility of man is at work in our prayer life. The phrase, as it is working, deals with the effectiveness of prayer. It deals with what makes prayer works. What makes our prayer works? What what makes it powerful? Prayer doesn't make itself work. It in itself is not self-sufficient. We don't make it work. The effectiveness of prayer depends on the deity you pray to. I'll say that again. The effectiveness of prayer completely depends on the deity you pray to. Prayers offered to an idol and a false god are not effective. They can pray all day long, day and night, but those prayers are not heard. So the effectiveness of our prayer depends on who God is. And and our God, Yahweh Elohim, is the one true God. And he hears the prayers of our people. That's why we say our Father who art in heaven. He hears them. He, he hears our cries and he hears our praise and he hears our intercessory prayers and he hears our prayers of confession and those prayers, he makes those prayers effective. He makes those prayers work. He does it. So please understand something supernatural happens when we pray. The Holy Spirit works through our prayers, helping us to pray to the Lord Jesus. Paul says in Romans 8, 26, the Holy Spirit helps in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Think about that. As you're interceding for other people, the Holy Spirit is interceding on your behalf, offering prayers that you don't even know about. That's an amen statement. So that means even if you don't know how to pray when you've been down on your knees, the Holy Spirit is stepping in, standing in the gap for you. Standing in the gap on your behalf. The prayers of a righteous person has great power as it is working because of our Trinitarian God. That's why. That's the divine element to our prayers. But what about the human element? The prayers of a righteous person has great power. What is he talking about? He's talking about there is much power in the prayers of a righteous person. And a righteous person is someone who has saving faith in Jesus Christ. That's what he's talking about. This righteousness is not man-made righteousness. It is not self-righteousness. It is not morality. It is not being a good person. It is not based upon works. It is the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ alone. It is Christ's righteousness that's been accredited to each of you who know him in faith. Do you believe and trust in Jesus? If you don't, then your prayers have no power. God does not hear your prayers if you do not have faith in Jesus. Because Jesus is the doorway to the Father's ear. And you can't get to the Father's ear without faith in Jesus. He's the prerequisite. 
So if you want your prayers heard, then you need to get right with Jesus. If you don't know him in saving faith, then you can know him in saving faith. Confess that you are a sinner. Confess your need of him. Then repent of those sins. And then receive him as your Lord and Savior. Surrender to him as your Lord and Savior. That's what makes you right with God. And when you do that, when Jesus forgives you and brings you into his kingdom, then when you bend your knee and pray, the Father hears all your prayers. Because of the blood of the Son that covers you. So that means if, if you want peace, then you need to come to Jesus. You want to be made right with God? Then you need to come to Jesus. And he will receive you. It's through faith in Christ that we are righteous people. Period. It's through faith in Jesus that a righteous person's prayer has prayer power. And prayer power is strong, persistent prayer Diligent prayer and competent prayer that is biblically sound and proper in use. My seminary professor, Dr. Kelly, says prayer power requires maturity. See, the righteous person in this verse is a believer who is growing in their faith, growing in their faith in the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is making them more like Christ in every area of their life. And even their prayer life is being made more like Jesus. Do you know that? As you grow in Christ, the way you pray will also be reflective of him. The things you ask for will be reflective of Jesus. John 11, verses 41 and 42, Jesus says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. Jesus knew and expected the Father to hear his prayers. Prayer power is knowing and expecting the same thing. Jesus never doubted. That the Father will hear his prayers. He knew he, he does. And you can have that same confidence, that same assurance that when you, every time you bend the knee, that prayer is not wasted. It is heard. It reaches the Father's ear. Luke twenty-two forty-two. Jesus says, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will. Prayer power is also being honest with the Father about the pains of life but also willing to submit to his will, even though it crosses yours. Because that's what Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. Father, take this cup from me. That cup was the cross. But not my will be done, but yours. Yours. Dr. Kelly as Jesus knew his prayers to the Father were effective. This means the more like Jesus we become, the more our asking becomes like his asking. That's maturity. That's prayer power. Prayer power is a prayer that's rightly directed to God in an attitude of humility. It's not supposed to be a display of our reputation, our goodness, our righteousness, our glory. Prayer displays your humility and your dependency upon Yahweh Elohim. That's what it displays before him. That's what it does. The prophet Elijah, he's seen as a hero in the Bible. And yet James says he was just a man like ours. He was just a regular man like us. What does that mean? It means he was no superhero. That's what it means. It means there was nothing special about him. It means he had some. He has. He had an ear to God that you don't have. It doesn't mean. It means he. He was just an average Joe Christian. Average man. One commentator says he was an ordinary man, ordinary human being like us. 
he had, he had to cope with fear and, and periods of depression and physical limitations. But he trusted that Yahweh still hears his prayers. That was the difference. And we as can be ordinary people. <laughs> ordinary people. Do you think God hears Billy Graham's prayers more than yours? Think about your superhero. We all got Christian superheroes. Christians that we look up to, pastors with the superstar pastors that we look up to, the theologians. Do you think they have more God's ear than you do? If you believe that, then that's an incomplete understanding of prayer. Every believer has the same standing before God. I don't care anything about the earthly success. They don't give them more of a privilege to God than, 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 than you have. You have the same ear, the same God, the same status. So God hears your prayers just as well as he hears the prayers of famous Christians. You have the same ear, the same platform, and that platform is prayer. But do you believe it? Village Church, a praying, let's be a praying church filled with ordinary people who struggle with God in prayer. Struggle with God in prayer. Let us be ordinary people for Jesus. And this is us. This is us. This is who we want to be. And this is who we're growing to be. Our praying church that honors Christ in all we do and say. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, help us to be comfortable with just being ordinary people. Ordinary Christians who offer up ordinary prayers to our God. But we have a faith that, that doesn't waver in our expectations. That we expect those prayers to be heard and we expect those prayers to be answered. Sometimes they, that the answer will be yes, sometimes it will be no, sometimes the answer may be you need to wait a little while longer. So Holy Spirit, move in us, give us the humility, give us the patience, give us the dependency to bend the knee before our Father. Regardless of what the prayer is, we all are convicted today. I'm convicted today because my prayer life is not what it needs to be. Well, Lord, help us to struggle with you through prayer. Help us not to give up. Help us to fight the good fight in the power of the Holy Spirit. It is in Christ's name that I pray. Amen. Will you please stand as we close our service?